everybody. This is Will from the future. And I just wanted to say that, um, wh- whoops, <laughs> we, we talked for too long. Um, I blame it on James Oliva because he is too interesting. Heard it here first, folks. James Oliva, too interesting. So, uh, this week's episode is actually going to be this week's two episodes. That's right. You get a bonus coming later at some point this week, hopefully. Um, keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Love you all. Bye. Gavin, it's your turn to introduce us. Bullshit. We have a guest today. <laughs> oh, does James have to do it? Aw, yay. Yes. Right, what oh, am I doing? God, I hate doing it. I'm doing um the intro? Yep. Yes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tuned In, Dialed Up. I will be your guest co-host today. Hi, my name is James Oliva. And uh, we have us with us today, we have Gavin and uh, Will Williams. How, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, James. Yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. What a professional intro. Yeah, we that need was... to have guests on more often. I make, I make fun of radio intros a lot, but that was a pretty solid radio intro. If I it didn't stumble lovely. so much, it would have been better, but... Uh, That's what editing's for. I, I don't... <laughs> I'm setting the standards high, though. Don't think you're going to get this out of every guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I've, I've had dark things open on my... I'm, in, I'm literally... Rec- because we're talking about spooky things today. I've been Ooh. sitting here in the dark, and I had, like, a black web page up, and I just switched Ooh. to the White Vault's website, and I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> so, normally, we start off by talking about the most fun thing that happened to us since the last episode. Yeah. Will, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. My most exciting thing is, I got a new mic. Oh. Ooh, that sounds very silky smooth. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Thanks. I'm I'm up real close to it. Um, Roman Mars style, very close to the mic. Careful with um, your plosives. Okay, so we can <laughs> we can isolate that. We can put it on iTunes for buck ninety nine. Put it on YouTube as well. People will pay for it. Oh no, <laughs> man! YouTube YouTube ASMR community. If you want to ever experience what it's like to have a fetish where you buy custom porn for it, but not actually get porn. That's what the ASMR community is on YouTube. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to lie. I am kind of an ASMR person, but not for whispers, but like really weird, like weird textural shit. Like, God, the other day I watched like a 15 minute video of people cutting up soap. Like, what the fuck? But also, I loved it. Like, it was great. <laughs> not cutting up soap's the shit. It's so good. Also, like, uh, cutting really thick paper you know like that good paper cut sound oof oof, so good oof. anyway <laughs> i got a new mic i upgraded from my blue snowball to a blue yeti Ooh. and it's so cute he's teal um and i had seen pictures of blue yetis before but he's like he's a hefty boy he's real sturdy <laughs> it's kind of colossal i'm a little stunned by it it's beautiful i love it all, all jokes aside, I literally saw an article, like, two days ago, like, uh, uh, Blue Yeti, Mike, for ASMR people, here's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Perfect. Really? The Blue Yeti? Well, the Blue Yeti is the mic for anybody, because the Blue Yeti is the first mic anyone spends actual money on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know, uh, I know, who's the Welcome to Night Vale guy? Oh, uh, Joseph Fink? Joseph Fink was just tweeting about how they still use a Blue Yeti. 
Uh, they do. They also still use Audacity. And they still use Cecil Baldwin, fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually like Audacity. I, I still use it quite yeah. often. Um, uh, I do like simplistic editing in Reaper because I, I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm still simple in Reaper. I can do a little more complex stuff in Audacity. So I, I like Audacity. So there are a lot of people who just don't dig it, but I, I can have That's, yeah, that's so interesting. I've actually always heard of the opposite. I've heard that for people who like to do more complex editing, that they usually do it in Reaper and keep the simple to Audacity. I'm yep. curious as to why. Yeah. I'm always What's... backwards, Will. That's what I do. <laughs> I, you ask true, true, true. Yeah, the most simple thing I'll make hard, and the most <laughs> hardest thing I will make incredibly simple. That's what, that, that's what happens when you learn how to do something through YouTube tutorials. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember back in my college days when I was doing some production work, we had access to Adobe Audition, which I think I've talked about before on here. But um, while I use that a lot of the time, I still kind of always preferred Audacity. <laughs> yeah. At um, least it didn't crash on me every four seconds. So. I mean, not I, to bring up Sarah Rhea Werner every episode, but like... <laughs> you should. Girl in Space is edited proudly on Audition, or not Audition, Audacity. Audacity, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just one of those, it's one of those systems that, that it, that's intuitive in a certain way. Like, if you learned on that first, you yep. just get it. And to work backwards from there, to go onto a Reaper, which Reaper apparently is, is amazing uh, uh, intuitively. Like, if you learned on Reaper, you, you'd probably be able to do a lot of other things. But it, it, they, the two systems don't necessarily mesh very well. So like, no, they really don't. I was like, literally, like Alex was asking me to just do simple cuts. He's like, use the S button to cut in, in <laughs> Reaper. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The S button? I don't know. Where, where? Where should I put the <laughs> cursor and then hit the S button? What's going to happen? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just couldn't handle it. Like, I just, I had to mm -hmm. physically have him here showing me, okay, now press the S. Oh, 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 okay. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah, I have to. So I, I record for tuned in dialed up on Audacity. Because it's, you know, it's right there. But for a secret project, um, I am recording in Reaper. And every time I open it, I'm like, hmm, I'm not smart enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Time out. <laughs> well, James, you've never been on Tuned In Dialed Up. But in the last couple of weeks, what's, what's something that jumps out to you as your favorite moment? I'm trying to think. Like, I, I, I went on a, on a large uh, I, see, this is this is not going to seem like news to anybody, but I went all along bender of uh, Wolf uh, three fifty nine. Um, ah. So yeah, no, that's totally news. I I did my last week's or last episodes was on Steal the Stars. You are absolutely welcome to talk about how great Wolf three fifty nine is. Yeah, I um, it's interesting because I I first listened and and um, I I don't know, like it didn't, and then there was just nothing really pulling me back other than a lot of like good word of mouth. And so, and there, and I got to meet a lot more of the people that are involved and I, and I love all of them. Um, they've been really super kind to, to my show and, um, really super kind to, um, to me. So, uh, I, I've been meaning to go back and give it another chance. And then, um, I just keep hearing a lot of good things. So I went, all right, fine. And I've been doing a lot of traveling back and forth between, uh, LA and Palm Springs. So that's like a two hour drive each way. So you can knock out a few episodes and make a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, I was, I'm almost done with season two. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I really, there, everyone's right though. Um, Am I Alone, I think is a lot of people's, oh, wow. uh, favorite episode and, and I, it really is, that, that is the turning point that, 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 that episode I was like, Ooh, it's really especially good. when Hera, Hera's like my favorite. Um, yeah. Uh, she, um, she's like having this conversation, like 
basically letting off of steam, but talking about how, like, right now she's talking to this person and that person all at once, and she can multitask. Um, yeah, I, I just found that to be a really sort of very uh, interesting episode. It also broke it, the pattern of what they were doing at that point. So, um, yeah, no, I, I really super dig that show, and, and I'm definitely on board. So everybody, listen to The Wolf 359, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they need, they need my help right now. So you should um, listen to that. <laughs> okay. Talk to me um, after you've listened to Memoria. I really want to hear your thoughts on it. I'll, I'll get to hearing it eventually. Gavin! Well, how, how do you, how do you like, what's will. the frequency? I know. I, I know. have so many. I have 104 podcasts. Gavin! <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have to go, Will. I'm sorry. I can't work like this. <laughs> I, I will. I, my. Di- my my defense. You, you my know? defense is I found out that LeVar Burton has a podcast. <laughs> Gavin, what's your what's your moment? What's your exciting thingy? This is not me being cute. I found LeVar Burton reads. Well, there we go. Because <laughs> actually, the day before, I was lamenting on Twitter that um, before I got into like writing and stuff <laughs> and all this like next level podcasting, whatever crap we're doing. I I listened to some podcasts, but I also was an avid user of Audible. Uh, if you go dig through some random episodes of my Erotica Review Show, you'll find me just plugging the living crap out of Audible. Uh, not just because we had a referral code, uh, but the I just love audiobooks. I love being able to enjoy tons of different kinds of fiction, and you know, audio drama does that. It, it scratches that itch. But LeVar Burton reads is someone who, A, can speak to a lot of things, because LeVar Burton is a well-traveled person, and yeah. B, his shtick is he loves short fiction. It's not just that he's like, well, I can do this for you know 45 minutes and make a podcast. These are stories that speak personally to him. So for about five minutes after each story, he talks about, here's why this gets me, here's why this is super interesting to me, Here's a fun story about my mom that relates to this. Like, you get to learn a lot. Like, you learn about LeVar Burton traveling in Japan when Roots first came out, because Japan really liked Roots, it turns out. Huh. And he's, Sur- surprising. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and the, a, a lot of the authors are not um, white Americans. <laughs> so you get nice. to hear really good fiction from all over the place. I mean... Neil Gaiman's there. He's pretty cool. Actually, the Neil Gaiman story mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's about an old old woman who buys the Holy Grail for 30 cents in a thrift shop. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, that was my that was my huge moment. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fun oh. stuff. I've been live tweeting Gilmore Girls while watching it with my girlfriend, and it's amazing. <laughs> so this week's discussion topic is horror in audio drama. Um, and specifically, I think we should open up with talking about the the last time a an audio drama podcast maybe just a podcast in general um the last time a podcast actually scared you um so i think i think for me i am actually really not hard to scare i don't know if i've brought this up uh, very often or on this show but in my undergrad i uh, basically uh, more or less minored in horror um i have an english ed degree but i took a lot of lit classes and I took a capstone that I didn't even need on basically horror just because I wanted to. And um, I, I'm really not hard to scare, but I am, we'll say, 
a pretentious asshole when it yeah. comes to horror. Is that a technical term? Is that is that what they they taught you in college about the? Uh, yeah, term? yeah. Um, in most like um, in most primary sources and what have you, they'll they'll use that that term. Mm. It's an industry term. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I I don't like. Okay, how God, how pretentious should I get in this? Um, go okay, for it. Let's go full pretentious. So, when talking in an academic sense about um the horror genre, which traditionally in the academic sense is actually called the gothic genre. Um, there it is. Yeah, there's there's two fields of this. There's horror and terror. So terror is, I think, what actually most people think of as horror. It's the kind of like, I know, I know, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm no, so no, sorry. No, 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 no. It is, it is not <laughs> your fault. You said terror is... terms. You, you said terror is, and in the back of my head, I just heard, going horny on Maine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so terror is like um, jump scares or gore. It's those like momentary little uh, like bursts of fear that are triggered by like really immediate um, stimuli, basically. Um, then there is horror, um, and that is sort of like more creeping more existential more psychological things that are more like um like not fears that are produced by stimuli but fears that are produced by like existing in the world and having dread so um another example would be the uncanny the uncanny fits into this Mm -hmm. um i am not a fan of terror i find it boring and i find it cheap and i don't find it actually scary other than like you know yeah right it's Um, not earned exactly whereas um if if something can give me like legitimate horror i'm fucking in (laughs) i love feeling that existential dread it's like yes you know that's my shit like i life is horror you know life is is terrifying um and i like media that makes me remember (laughs) that um so because of that, when it comes to horror podcasts, uh, sure. uh, I, it, it, uh, I'm picky. We'll just say I'm really picky. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that the last time I was actually scared by a podcast, uh, um, I have three examples. Should I yeah. go in reverse chronological or chronological? Reverse. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Reverse? Reverse for the first two. Okay, that'll be fun. Um, most recently, was what's the frequency the first episode what? it was no yeah way. no way it was it was james i love i love what's the frequency um do you I, you know i've never said this before but i do <laughs> <laughs> why are you keeping this a secret i just you know i just wanted to yeah i haven't heard you recommend it once at the end of your, <laughs> of your podcast here on tuned in dialed up i keep waiting i'm like when yeah. is she gonna recommend what's <laughs> the frequency and i'm like fine yeah when is yeah, this gonna happen Listeners, if you don't know this, uh, What's the Frequency is the podcast I have talked about the most on my review site, <laughs> like, hands down. If I have an opportunity to talk about how much I love What's I the love Frequency, that. Yes. I'm going to fucking do it. Um, the first episode specifically, I was just, God, I was so taken off guard by it in this really fantastic way. I didn't expect anything in it. I heard horror podcasts and I was like, eh, we'll see. And yeah. then, God, it just did so many things. Um, 
And there is like, I mean, there are some moments that that play on that, like almost jump scare, not quite, but like, yeah, you play with sound, bit, yeah. you play with volume. Um, but those they feel totally earned because it's in this setting and it has this aesthetic that feels close to home in like a societal memory sort of way. God, this is pretentious. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, it plays on that sort of like horror of sure. nostalgia kind of. And it was just the perfect mix of using sound and texture to make a soundscape that was so uncomfortable um, and that it just builds so beautifully. And then also on top of that, there is that like psychological existential dread to it that's that I just we try to hang fucking out. love. I mean, that's that's our that's where we kind of yeah like that's where we want to hang. Um but I don't it's interesting because I you know I don't I don't know if my show is a horror podcast. I I, I know that there's horrific elements and I know that there right, are right, elements right. that definitely touch into horror and we have a skull on our logo. Um so you know that that means that we're really <laughs> well, fucking hardcore. Um but yeah. <laughs> it also means you're edgy as shit. Well, exactly. Yeah and I I you know after the fact i was like maybe maybe i'm sending the wrong message even though i love our logo and i think it's it's actually i think there's something kind of iconic yeah but i just that, oh i think it's perfect no no i no you are zero percent being full of yourself and saying that that your logo is i do choice. i do think it is i, I think yeah it, it's i do because well, the second i saw it it was something we'd been talking about like all right we want to use a skull somewhere like because but use it in a way that that sort of has a contradictive thing happening in there but we couldn't figure it out and then out of nowhere, the guy making it just was like, oh, uh, shits and giggles here. This is the last one I did tonight. And I was like, oh, this is the one. Your, your little joke one here. Me safe, safe, safe. Like my favorite. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I kind of I, I struggle with like how to describe my own show uh, sometimes. But I, uh, I certainly believe that it has horror elements, but then it also has like all these other things going on in it. But we do we do go for the psychological stuff. But that is. That is why I think that the horror works. And this is something that I think we'll talk about a little bit more after we've all shared our last time we got scared moments. But the fact that What's the Frequency uses contrast is exactly why it can actually instill fear. Like, I mean, also because it's fucking good and like the sound design is incredible, but like the contrast is so, it's so key. And that's the same, I would say that that applies for my other two examples. Um, The other times I've been actually scared by a podcast were. Point Mystic, which is so quiet and so calm most of the time and just so stirringly realistic because the actors are allowed to improvise. Um, and then the other one would be Limetown. And I don't think that Limetown scared most people. Oh, Maybe. God, it's so fucking good. Limetown is the audio drama that got me into audio dramas i love it so much that back when i was reviewing on tumblr i would do like star ratings but i reviewed them in quantities of limes yeah it was very kitschy i have grown up limetown is incredible and again i don't think that it scared most people but there's this the third episode napoleon which i don't want to give anything away if you haven't listened to limetown please go listen they're coming out with another season this year they're also coming out with a prequel a novel but the third episode napoleon is so hauntingly sad and it um it's the first episode that really explains what's going on with everything it's a devastating listen it's acted beautifully and it's just it's so unsettling because it's just 
it really puts you where the character is. Which is something that I think that more horror podcasts could do. But I will stop rambling now. Um, Gavin, what about yours? Last time you got scared by a podcast. So there's an episode of Criminal. It's episode 71. And if for those who don't know, Criminal is a true crime podcast. Uh, I could also say the word podcast. That also works. Uh, Criminal is a true crime podcast that focuses on something to do with crime. And there's an episode, number 71, that's called A Bump in the Night. Uh, and it's about Amber Dawn, this, at the time of the thing that happened, 20-something uh, marine biologist, I think. She's fresh out of college, living in an apartment on her own with a, a puppy she eventually gets. And she starts noticing food going missing. And she lives two miles away from her brother, so she thinks he's stealing the food. So you figure out real quick. There's someone in the attic. Like, oh no. Within the first oh, few, no. as soon as she starts talking about hearing footsteps in the attic, there's someone hiding in her attic. So, you know what's happening. And it's, I, I, I liken it to one of my favorite shots in a horror movie that depicts what is scary in horror movies that are effective, I think. And it's in the first Halloween where. Jamie and her friend are walking down. It's like near the beginning of the movie. Like nothing mm -hmm. bad can happen. We know this because of horror movie rules. But the shot <laughs> is Jamie Lee Curtis in the foreground facing away. Uh, and in the background, Mike Myers is standing next to a hedge. Yeah. And he's just there. And you just oh. want to be like, turn the fuck around. <laughs> Gavin, have you ever seen um, The Woman in Black? The Woman in Black. It's a weird one. Um, I don't think it got very good reception. I really love it. It had oh, Daniel Harry Radcliffe Potter in thing. it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a sequel, actually. Was uh, it? The Harry Potter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. James, shut up. <laughs> I had you for like yeah, a I second. Yeah, I believe I watched a snarky. <laughs> for a hit. <laughs> I believe I watched the snarky YouTube oh, okay. review of this, but yeah. I really loved it. And like, what's crazy about it is that the uh, titular woman in black is very often just in the background not doing anything but what's crazy is that if you re-watch it you realize because there's like a reveal at the end where it's like oh she's been there the whole time yeah, yeah. but if you re-watch it she's shot. been there the whole like you can see her in the background of so many shots when it's just like a normal scene with nothing in it. scary happening oh she's just i love that there. i love that it's actually can i can it. i continue to derail it's us slightly so good. um there's a there's a there was yeah. like this J horror back in the day that I saw that um that had done something very similar and actually just completely just scared the shit out of me um called uh, Don't Look Up yeah uh you can you can watch it on uh, Shutter if anyone has Shutter as part of their uh, Amazon Prime um or even just subscribes to it on its own uh so basically it's this director who's trying to shoot this remake of a movie and he's shooting it I think on the same uh soundstage and the on the yeah. film that they're that they're filming on apparently as they're filming it's picking up the old film and so like they're trying to oh, watch no. trying to watch the dailies and then as they're watching the dailies it cuts to like this scene from like the 1960s uh from this japanese movie Ooh. and it's like this you can't hear the sound because there's no sound being recorded it's just the 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 people mouthing right. things and cause they they would do the sound after and in the background, you see this out of focus ghoul, like this this woman with like the you know like the, the typical white face, and then like Ooh. her face is contorting, but it's like she's in 
this blurred background of of the scene and the scene's this normal scene so there's just something about it and they constantly go back to this kind of thing um that it, that type yeah. of thing unnerves me in film like where you have something going on in the background that shouldn't yeah. be there uh uh it contextually it, everything has to yeah. be contextually off like the this shouldn't be happening. This, but it's happening. Um, type of thing. Um, yeah, that's actually not to get hyper pretentious again, but that's actually like that's the traditional definition of the yeah. unca- of can- the uncanny. Um, I think that most people think of it in terms of the uncanny <laughs> Which is valley. Also really awesome, yeah, yeah. So uncanny, uncanny valley masks and stuff like that. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like so one of the one of the most classic examples of the uncanny is uh, you are walking around in a room and the room is completely dark but you know the layout of the room it's like in your house and you put your hand out to steady yourself where a chair should be and the chair is just not there yeah like that's one of the most typical examples of the uncanny just showing like it's something that's you off, literally just slightly what i told each and every one of my actors in their pre uh rehearsal like almost exactly. Oh my god! I already. I'll tell it to you real quick. You guys can cut it out if you want. Whatever, it's boring. But I literally sat everybody down and I said, "Okay, look, guys." Sure. And I, I took everyone through the same speech. I had like this one speech I gave everybody. So I said, um, "Have you ever had a dream? And in the dream, you're at your house and you're at a party and everything's really great. Everything's fun." And I was like, "And then out of nowhere, you're like, oh, hold on, guys, I gotta go to my room. I gotta go change real quick.'" And you go to your room, you go to get changed, and then you kind of like out of the corner of your eye, you see somebody in the corner of, of the room in your bedroom. And you turn, you're like, there's this person there, and there's this moment of silence. You're just staring at them. They're staring back at you. And then you go, uh, excuse me, what are, you, what are you doing in here? And they go, oh, no, no, it's okay. I, I've always been here. <laughs> and then you go, like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, like, in the dream, you're starting to go, like, oh, that's weird. No, uh, I'm going to get changed now, so you've got to go. No, it's okay. Uh, I've always been here. And then you're like, ah! And then, like, then, like in your own head, in your dream, like, Things are starting to change. Like, it's not necessarily turning into, like, a psycho killer is trying to kill you, but now you're uncomfortable in your own dream for the right. rest of the dream. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I was like, that's what we're trying to yeah. go for. And I think that's really where where horror lies. And I know I probably did this out of order. Maybe I should go yeah. back to it yeah. later on when we're talking. But um, but I, I think that's really kind of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but another thing that actually is really good in the sense of audio and, and horror, I don't know if you, you guys ever see the original Black Christmas? Oh my god. No. Guys, seriously, soon, very soon. And Bob I really Clark need directed, to, yeah. Bob Clark was an interesting di- director. He's Canadian. Uh, he did uh, a, a Christmas Story. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys saw A Christmas Story, right? Yeah, famously. So that's a, uh-huh. that's a family film. Oh, yeah. But he also did this hardcore horror film that predates uh, um, Halloween. Oh, shit. Yeah. And in the horror film, it's the whole trope that, that you were just talking about, Gavin, with the, the, the guy, there's somebody in the attic. Call, but he's calling them yeah. on a separate landline uh, at this sorority, and so oh wait, is this the oh is this the origin of the calls coming from inside the house? Yeah, this no, this is exactly it. But we don't awesome. But his cr- his oh! crank phone calls are some of the most terrifying bits of audio in film I think I could ever think to even recommend. So if anybody who is looking to do horror audio absolutely go and watch that movie and pay attention to the crank phone calls that he because it's um they don't even go for realism like it's him and it every now and then there's another voice on the line uh and it's a completely different pitch and so like he's doing two voices at the same time all of a sudden and they're over they're talking over each other and it's fucking weird and he's making pig noises and like 
it's it's really really super creepy i highly Ooh. recommend watching it just for that alone but yeah yeah so gavin so, so there is the, somebody in the attic there's someone in the attic and what really because i listened to this it was in the it was like at 5 p.m nothing's i'm driving a van for work it's nothing like nothing set up for me to be spooked by this but amber dawn has this and I just had you two listen to it because I yeah. doubt I'll get criminal permission to play a clip. But <laughs> her voice is so close to cracking. Like her natural speaking yeah. voice is very uh, vocal fry-y without the fry, if that makes sense. It's just very... I heard a little vocal it's a fry, very but in- riddle. Yeah. It's an innocent sounding voice, I guess. So what really catches me is she's just talking about, yeah, I work with penguins and I got this German shepherd. And then... I left the German Shepherd in the bathroom while I was at work, and my landlord called me back to let them into the apartment because a pipe had burst, and the German Shepherd was in the sink high and dry. It couldn't possibly have gotten into the sink on its own, and you're just like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> and that's when, that, that's when you learn that not only is this person in her apartment eating her food, he, they're just chilling, and the, the, the brand new dog thinks that's normal. So it's not gonna Ugh. bark at them. It uh, thinks it thinks the person uh, in the attic is a trust. No, yeah, but, oh. <laughs> and it and the the culmination is this woman's taking a bath and there's candles everywhere and she's turned the lights off and she looks up because she can see her bedroom. the The attic access is in the bedroom and you can see from the bathroom. She looks up and the that door's open. <laughs> So she has to leave via her bedroom, and the only place in the entire apartment where that person could have been hiding, because they were in the apartment at that time, is in a closet with a full-length mirror. So she has to stare at herself, as hoping on hope that that door doesn't open as she collects oh her pets and leaves. Oh my god! And she's talking. There, You know she makes it out! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, but you're oh, there anyway. Like you, you you sort of put yourself in there. Yeah. 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 And it, it was like, I've listened to it three times and it still just, it still gets me. Uh, that's my nonfiction suggestion because my other one requires some spoilers. Uh, so if anyone doesn't want spoilers for The White Vault, which is a fantastic audio drama that if you like horror, I highly suggest listening to The White Vault. I mean, there's. <laughs> It's about a team of experts who are brought together by a mysterious corporation. No, don't turn off the podcast yet. I, I know that's a, that, that's a thing. But it's actually a, a bilingual cast. The way... Yes, the, super diverse. The way the White Vault is presented is there is a nameless documentarian who is presenting evidence of this, this expedition gone wrong somewhere in Norway. It's in, like, northern Norway. Uh, where this team of experts are sent up to fix a transmitter at a like st- this little like bunker, a transmitter tower needs to be sending out data because the corporation is renting out transmission space to people. And what you find out is something intentionally cut the wire, and they're trapped up there in a freakishly strong storm. And as the show progresses, things get more, more and more fucked up. And there's one specific moment that I want to talk about. It's in C. It's in. I mean, there's only one season so far, but in episode nine, uh, which is titled Stoic, at this point they've discovered an underground village that 
you have to go down this really long secret tunnel they found. They're several hundred feet under the uh, under the ice and uh, ground above them at this point, and they find this seemingly natural cave with a huge village in it that has like no wood. Everything's made of ivory and stone, and they oh, go into fuck. they go into one building, and what what they know is they took one of the cobblestones out of the floor that was hollow and took it back. And a couple of episodes prior, we learned there's a human heart in it and a bunch of teeth, which to go back to what Will was talking about is gore. And it was, I mean, it's kind of messed up, but it wasn't like, (laughs) ah, to me. Yeah. And I do think like, just to put this out there, I do think that there is a place for gore. Um, And that, and that one is done well, but it's still not like, yeah, the thing that didn't give me the heebies. They go back and the whole floor of this, sacrificial altar room is made of those cobblestones and then they start going down a staircase <laughs> and they realize the staircase is lined with human teeth <laughs> oh and what's really messed up is um well not messed up but the awesome thing is at this point the character who is we experience different things through different people based off of like the following is a, a note from the margins of the official report by Bada da Ba. The following is an action report from Mr. Kasner's files. There are mathematic equations calculated in the margins and additional notes brought in Russian at the end. And <clears throat> one of the characters is Graham Kasner, who is this, like, rough voice hunter, and he knows he's very smart about survival. He does the math on how many teeth there would be on that staircase because that's how he processes that. You can, you can kind of see like him trying to figure this out in just doing them. Well, if, if the average step was this big and had this many square centimeters. We traveled down maybe 12 steps before we stopped and turned around, so... Without calculating for the unaccounted for steps, it can be assumed there is a minimum of 35,700 square centimeters of tooth-laden stairs. That is 35,700 teeth. And what happens is, whoever's at the top of the stairs goes, uh, guys, and they turn around the doorway to this building that they're in, they see out into, like, a courtyard, and suddenly, a bunch of statues that were on the perimeter of the village are now all facing that doorway. Mm, and have been that. And, nope. And there's this perfect scene where Graham is like... Did you see statues earlier? These ones? Yes. No. Look past my left shoulder. Through the door. Those were not there before. I can't see up there. What's going on? We are going to move slowly. Follow me and don't do anything until we reach the rope to the cave. You know they're not going to die because there's like two more episodes of the show left. But it is terrifying because that is the first moment in the White Vault where something happened and they could have seen it. There's actually an entire episode prior where they wake up in the middle of the night and they hear something with giant claws scraping on the outside of the concrete bunker. But that's the middle of the season, so you know nothing, whatever. But this one moment, those statues. 
Yeah. That got me real hard in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. Bravo, White Vault. Yes. Nice. So, James, person who comes up with scary shit, what messes with you? Uh, you know what? Again, it's gonna, this is going to seem like really weird, but um, the, the, the few shining moments I can think of where I found myself incredibly affected by um, uh, an audio drama or audio, um, it, I, I don't think you would think of these shows uh, as typical places to necessarily find those types of things. So, um, you know, well, one of them you kind of do. Uh, the Mag Magnus Archives. Um, uh, there were a bunch of... Yeah. 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 God, I used to be hooked on Magnus Archives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's gone on with the show. I do know that my accidentally, because they were coming up with like one every week, essentially. And I was like blown away by like the quality and the quantity. I, I was getting a little bit like, all right, guys, enough. Enough with the... Yeah. Enough with the yeah, great show, you know? I actually, yeah, I stopped listening because I oh. got too spooked, actually. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, so in one of the seasons, um, the, the overarching plot has a lot to do with, um, it plays on trypophobia a lot, like the fear of like little tiny clusters of holes. Yeah. And then also adds bugs to that. And that's like, I know people like to think that that's fake, but hey, uh, it, it's not. Um, and I couldn't handle it. And I had to bail. Yeah. Also, to back Will up, she was just talking about her. this earlier yeah. this week. No, I, I totally believe her. I mean, there's lots of things to get freaked out over. There's things that I, that I don't even know that I'm freaked out over that haven't come up yet that I'm like, oh my god, no, that thing. Um, but yeah, I thought they did a lot of just great, like, um, the narrator was amazing. Um, they did this great sort of very leveled, uh, uh, very particular cadence in their voice um, that didn't change up too much per what was going on in the story so they didn't speed up or slow down really um they every now and then changed their voice yeah. slightly for a character when the character was speaking um uh but i thought it was just mm -hmm. a really well done show that had some very 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 good spooky elements like never i remember distinctly the trash uh men uh uh episode uh where they keep finding um again teeth i think they kept finding like human teeth and stuff in the trash oh, bag. yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that that i believe was unsolved was that also the one where he finds yeah I think dolls? so and then like the other some of the other yeah. dudes like, die off uh, that that were finding the trash bags or something like that um, yeah that's an early episode yeah that was a great one that was I think that was the first one where I was yeah. like oh this is legit like yeah this is actually really effective yeah there was a bug one too that really got me where the guy brings home the girl oh, and she's yeah. like a bug or something. Ugh. Um, yeah, no, there's some really great effective ones that I, like, I'm not, I'm not easily shakeable, like, but, like, there's just something going on in, in the way that the, they wrote it and the way it was narrated that just got me. But I can think of, like, a couple of moments in other shows that, that go, but they were, they were probably the ones that affected me the most, like, um, uh, okay, so this is gonna sound yeah. weird, uh, Rich Beef Sausages from, uh, uh Beef <laughs> and Dairy Network, um, it fucked me up. <laughs> Well, because all right, all right. so what's amazing Please about this, and, and what, and and this actually does something that I actually I took a lesson from, or, or at least reminded myself. This is something that I, I I strive for. It was hilarious and frightening at the same time because it they had um people <laughs> I guess call into their hotline um and leave messages, or they had friends do this, but it seemed to have an unending amount of people that they had available to do this. So it was just people leaving messages of like what their favorite uh meat is or something like that, and they would go. Rich beef sausages. Boop. Rich beef sausages. Boop. 
rich beef sausages. And then, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. So and it just kept up going. Alley. Then, oh like, my god! It, like you're like, oh, it's got to be over soon. No, it's not over yet. It's like a solid like minute and a half of rich beef <laughs> sausage messages. Um, and the and the underlining mu- music that they were playing under it was also unnerving. So like, it just started getting the more the longer it went, the more unnerving it became, but the more hilarious it was at the same time. So yeah. um, I I really super admired it. There was this wonderful moment in Richard's show, uh, uh, The Infinite Now, Richard Penner. Um, in the first episode, he's talking about oh, taxes, yeah. like a uh, leap year, a uh, leap, leap second, leap second tax. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember being bored out of my skull. Um, <laughs> so I was like, why am I listening to this? Um, and then like the show takes a fucking hard left. And like he, and like all of a sudden, there's like this yeah. sound, and, and like he's like, and he's like raised his voice, and he sounds more maniacal. And I was like, oh no, oh I feel weird. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it kind of like made me feel a little bit uh, uh, un- unhappy in that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on in, in my insides here? Yeah, and then uh, you know, there's other shows like you know, like I love like I love like Clarity, uh, uh, the first season. Um, I thought they did mm-hmm. a lot of good sound design elements. You know, I know some people take issue with maybe some inconsistencies in the acting and stuff like that, or even the framing device, um, which I will admit is not my favorite. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's that, and um, also Mabel. Mabel's amazing. Oh, Mabel yeah. is great. Those, yeah, those are the wow. ones that stand out to me. But yeah, the the ones that affected me the most were I don't they're not even in shows that are considered horror shows at all. Um, yeah, those 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 are the ones. Those are the ones that get. Me. <laughs> 